This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This segment is brought to you by Jigmasters. Step up your game with high-quality performance jigs, spinner baits, buzz baits, and more from Jigmasters.com. And always, when in doubt, get the jig out. Welcome to the Bass Kayak and Beers podcast on the Paddle and Fin Network. On this podcast, we'll be talking about life and kayak fishing. Every week, we'll have a special guest, whether it's a tournament angler, a content creator, or just a regular guy or girl who just loves to go kayak fishing. So grab a cold beer, sit back, and enjoy the show. Bass Kayak and Beers is sponsored in part by Douglas Rod. Go to douglasoutdoors.com to check out their full lineup and locate your nearest authorized dealer. Yak Gadget, made in America, based outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Yak Gadget offers all kinds of storage accessories, quick mount motor mounts, anchor systems, track mounted accessories, even paddles. Go to yakgadget.com and get your kayak decked out for your next trip out on the water. The 153 Bay Company, based in Troy, Ohio, make everything from plastics to custom painted hard baits. Hook them hard and hook them off. All of our baits are made to order and all of our hard baits are hand painted to order. So go to the 153anglers.com to place your order today. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bass Kayak and beers segment on the panel and fin podcast today we have another special guest as always we got justin largen from uh came up second place i should say from virginia came up second place in the bass kayak nation series at lake fork this past weekend we were trying to have him on the live show on the reel down but unfortunately we couldn't make it work but we finally got was able to contact justin and we're super stoked to have him on the Bass Kayak and Beer segment. We're going to be talking about his experience on the Bass, again, the Bass Nation Kayak Series at Lake Fork. What worked for him, you know, what got him into that second place and his overall feelings on the tournament and Lake Fork as well. So we're going to bring in Justin Largen. So Justin, how are you doing, man? I'm great, Armando. How are you? Pretty good, man. Honored to have you on our show. Thank you for coming up and uh, talking everything kayak fishing at Fork, man. Yeah, the pleasure's all mine. 
Thank you. Thank you. So, Justin, uh, before we get dive in into the tournament, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do for a living? I know you involved in photography, as uh, we're talking about the pre-recording. And also, how do you got eventually into kayak fishing and tournament fishing? Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm kind of starting up a, a freelance photography gig. Um, I, I've sort of something I, I got into sort of through fishing. Uh, I just see a lot of cool stuff while I'm out on the water and uh, I thought it'd be cool to photograph it with something, you know, better than the little smartphone camera. So I, uh, I started doing that. Um, and that, that's, uh, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed that. It's, uh, the last six months or so I've, I've been working on that, spending a lot of time out in the woods. Um, but as far as fishing, um, you know, I've been doing it for about as long as I can remember. Uh, like a lot of people, I, I guess, uh, you know, my dad got me started fishing, uh, little cane pole and worm and farm ponds. Um, but when I really got into it, I think I was about 12, I got into bass fishing. You know, I had a little pontoon, a little, uh, I think it's Bass Pro Shops Pond Prowler with my first boat I got uh, in college. And then uh, I got into kayak fishing kind of. It was really Chad Hoover. Um, I, I can't say I know him personally, but uh, I saw some of his stuff on YouTube. Uh, looked really cool fishing out of a kayak. Um, and I, I gave it a shot, uh, went out, got uh, Wilderness Systems. I think it was a commander was the first one that I had. Um, and I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I literally never, I don't think I ever put that, that pond prowler back in the water after that. Uh, I liked the sort of the simplicity of it. You throw it up on the car really quickly. Didn't have to lug around, um, you know, big, heavy trolling motor and battery. Um, I could get it into all kinds of little places that I, I couldn't take the, the other boat. Um, and I've, I guess that was about 10 years ago or so. Uh, and I've, I've fished out of a kayak since, um, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy that, that platform. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Like you said, and it goes hand in hand, I think with the nature photography thing, I know I used to have, and I need to get it either fixed or buy a new one, but I used to have a DSLR, um, hmm. an icon with a super zoom. It was excellent for taking pictures. Um, actually, my wife and I took a trip to Africa and I bought the camera specifically for that, for those safaris. And it took pretty good pictures for someone that really doesn't know how to take pictures on it on this phone. I thought it was great. I went fishing. I dropped it. Um, oh. And it hasn't worked since then. But I love that about kayak fishing. You know, you, I, and I, I need, really need to get an, either another camera or get fixed because I love taking pictures, whether it's, you know, a hawk or an eagle or um you know beavers and lake oh, yeah. fork full of alligators you got any pictures yeah. of, from some cool alligators at fork i i was tempted <laughs> i saw some in uh, in practice and then i actually did see a couple uh in tournament day but i i i thought about it i was like nah i need to stick with the fishing it's uh yeah i didn't want to risk going all the way back and you know lugging the camera out there um, but i i definitely was i uh, was tempted yeah that's awesome, man. Yeah, taking pictures uh, while out there fishing, I think that's a, that's a nice bonus to it. Um, yeah. So, and definitely Chad Hoover, man, it, you know, his influence over the growth of the kayak fishing community and the tournament thing, I mean, can't be understated. You know, it's, it's, he's definitely, or overstated, is that what you should say? Yeah, that's probably yeah, what I should have said, overstated. Uh, definitely has brought us, you know, at least the popularity and the growth of this sport to another level with everything that he's done. So shout out to him. So and Justin, very, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. He's, no, 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 uh, no. Go ahead. I, I like that. He's just very open and honest with his information. I, I know I mean, everybody now throws a whopper plopper. 
he's the first person that I saw online actually talking about it and telling people, you got to try this. Um, I mean, before I saw any of the Bass Bros doing it, you know, that he was, he was putting that tip out there. Um, you know, a lot of little simple things I saw, I, you know, I picked up from him stuff like, you know, oh, why didn't I think of that? Um, like Senko's reusing them, um, or, or your, uh, your like, creature baits, putting them on as a jig trailer, just stuff. That I was like, wow, I save some money and do that stuff. I wish I thought of, but, um, yeah, a lot of little tips and tricks, uh, that I picked up from him just, just through his channel. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk a little bit, or let's talk a lot, actually, about Lake Fork and, and the Bass Nation Kayak Series. How are you feeling about that second place? I was thrilled. Um, you know, I I haven't done too many of these, these big tournaments. Um, I did one recently, uh, a KBF event down in Florida on the Kissimmee chain, and uh, it was a bomb for me. I, I finished way down at the bottom of the pack. Um, so to come out and, and you know, have a really good show in here, I was, I was thrilled. Uh, it wasn't a great practice for me. I really wasn't sure how the tournament was going to go. Um, you know, my initial hope was just to get five. Um, but but yeah, to, to end up second, um, it was the day could have been uh, could have been much worse. It was uh, it was kind of a crazy up and down day for me. Well, so let's talk a little before we dive into more of the detail. Now that you mentioned that, what's your experience uh, with both? local tournaments and nationwide tournaments have you you mentioned the uh kissimmee chain in and the kbf any other nationwide tournaments or local trails in, in virginia that you've uh that you've tried out i did one other kbf event they do the state challenges where mm -hmm. it's basically you, you have the entire month and five biggest yeah. fish for the month i did one of those a couple of years back um and you know i did well in that one um and i enjoyed it But it was kind of with the work schedule and everything. I I didn't uh, I didn't really do any other tournaments this this uh, until this year. The the KBF down in Kissimmee, uh, that's the first sort of actual tournament where everybody shows up and is fishing the same venue at the same time, and it's a level playing yeah. field. That, that was really my first one. Uh, so this is my second, and uh, it was my first one with uh, with bass. So again, I I couldn't be happier with the finish. No, oh, that's awesome, man, and that's. You know, it's 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 interesting because you're just getting into the, the the tournament scene, and that's different monster than just fishing recreationally. You know, you have time pressure. You know, you, even though it's eight hours, and it's still you know when you're out there leisure, you don't look to say, hey, I need to get this amount of fish this length by this time. So it does put a little bit of added um, pressure. Plus, all that many people fishing. For example, uh, Lake Fork was. We, I think we were at 194, 96 anglers, something it like that. Proud. I think it was not 196, yeah. Plus the boat traffic, there was multiple boat tournaments. I think it was a bass tournament, boat bass tournament there. I think there was a crappy tournament as well. And plus all the uh, guided tours, which are booked full for spring because everybody wants to catch their new personal best. So it's, it's a different monster. And for you to finish second, Um, that's pretty, that's pretty impressive considering, you know, limited experience, we should say on, on tournament scene. Now, to be fair, I, I have done a couple of, uh, I fished a couple of events years back as a co-angler on uh, like BFLs, um, oh, okay. back, uh, I guess that was before the, the FLW merger and I did okay in a few of those. Um, I, I got kind of discouraged with it, um, at, as a co-angler at the mercy of, 
you know, the draw. And if you get a good draw, you know, a guy that's on fish, you do well. And if you don't, you, you know, you, you, you have a bad day, uh, potentially yeah. a bad day. You don't really have any control. And that, that got frustrating for me. And then it, um, it, it just really depends. You, know, you, you can have a day where you're, you're out there and, um, just the style of fishing, like fishing Botox or something real specific or, or sight fishing, you know, you're sitting out in the, the middle of the lake and, uh, it's just, it's a different, um, and so I, that, that kind of turned me off to it. I, I told myself if I was going to get back into it, it'd be out of a boat. Um, so the, the kayak format really, really works for me. It's, uh, you know, low cost compared to owning a, a $50,000 bass rig. Um, but I, I do spend a lot of time on the water. Um, and I think I've, I've had a mindset almost like I'm, it, it's definitely not the same as a tournament, but I've had kind of a tournament mindset. I've followed the, the pro trails for years. So, um, I try to measure my day sort of how a tournament day would, I'd always be looking to get my five biggest, uh, concentrate on, um, on getting five good bites and, uh, you know, try to weigh the bag and, and sort of, even though there's nobody else I'm really competing against that I, that mindset of competing against the fish and, and trying to, you know, put up as much weight or as much length as possible. Um, so it, it, it's definitely different. It was definitely, uh, it was a big wake up call in Florida. Um, I thought, you know, it was probably arrogant of me to think that I could just jump in and, and do well right out of the gate. Um, uh, but that, that tournament in Florida was, was definitely a wake up call. I, I realized how good these other fishermen out there are. Um, there's yeah, a lot definitely. of good guys on this trail and gals. Definitely. Definitely. So kudos to you, man, for putting up uh, great numbers out there. Let's break it down a little bit. So what was your pre-fishing like? What were you targeting on pre-fishing and what worked and what didn't work on pre-fishing for you? Um, my plan, my hope was that the fish were going to be up shallow bedding. Um, I love the fish that way. Um, I've got a lot of experience doing that. Uh, so I was really hoping that, that it would it would kind of go that direction. Uh, but when I started on Tuesday, the water temps were, I think, mid-50s in the area where I, I launched. Um, my, my plan was to kind of just get out of the wind. That was my, I'd never seen a lake before. So, uh, you know, the winds were pretty strong all week. I think we had roughly 15-mile-an-hour winds. They were coming out of the south. Uh, my initial plan was, you know, hopefully we can find some bedfish. Um, but I wanted to have sort of a backup. Uh, I, I tried some moving baits. Uh, I caught one the first day on a chatterbait around a dock. I had another one uh, slap at a spinnerbait that I missed, um, sort of back in a pocket. But I didn't really get anything anything good that first day. Um, but the second day, I noticed the temperatures were climbing a little bit. Um, I went back to Little Caney. Uh, that's where I started the first day. Um, I, I, I don't know that I explored the entire creek, but I, I covered almost every inch of it. Um, I figured out kind of which areas were, it, it was definitely warmer as you went back towards that bridge, uh, got further up to the back of the Creek. Um, so I, I decided that's where I needed to, to concentrate. Um, and then by that second day, I did find a couple of fish back there. Uh, that would have been Wednesday. Um, so I, I felt like I had a little something in there. I still, uh, I only set the hook once. Um, I, I, you know, caught one off a of bed just to, kind of get an idea how big it was i think that one was 17 inches um but that was that was it for for caney uh i wanted to kind of explore different areas after that i, I knew okay well, there's some fish back in there uh but i wasn't sure what was going on the rest of the lake and i'd heard it was you know big temperature changes from one area to the next 
Yeah. Uh, but I had Thursday was kind of a disaster day for me. Um, you know, I've, I've fished out of water and systems boats, um, for, uh, to that point, uh, the, the whole time I've been kayak fishing. Um, and I, my, uh, I think I got it in 2014 wilderness, uh, ride 115 and I'd beaten it up. I'd taken it a lot of, uh, rivers, smallmouth fishing. Um, you know, had some hull damage that I've, I've, you know, patched over the years. It started taking water, uh, when I was exploring a new area, um, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I started to notice it not getting, it was, it was getting uh, wobbly. The stability was, was going and I knew something wasn't right. So I paddled back to the launch and I pumped probably three or four gallons of water out of the hull. Wow. Uh, so that, that was kind of worst case scenario for me. Um, and my game plan shifted from exploring new places to, you know, how am I going to fish? Um, I didn't have, you know, welding tools or anything to, to kind of do any repairs. I hadn't brought anything with me. So I decided to, uh, drive down into Dallas, um, and I found a place that, that, you know, basically a kayak dealer. It was a Mariner sales. Mariner sales. Uh, I, met, the post. I met Duke down there and, um, you know, I was just talking to him. He was showing me a couple of different options. Uh, I'd been thinking about switching over to a pedal drive system. Um, you know, I, I heard there were, you know, big advantages in the wind and there's actually yeah. been a number of days where, you know, fishing back home on the Potomac, um, the wind would get up and I wouldn't even want to go out. It's just, it's, it's tough when you're, you know, a couple paddle strokes, pick the rod up cast, you know, put the rod down a couple more paddle strokes. Um, but Duke put me on a, an outback, Hobie outback. Um, and you know, I love fishing out of that. I, Friday I went back, um, back into Caney. Just, I, I figured I needed to get used to the, the boat, um, and just sort of explore. I, I knew another day, I figured the water temperature would climb a little bit. I wanted to see if, if there were any more fish up. Uh, and it had changed a lot in two days. There were I started seeing a lot more beds, uh, a lot more fish cruising. Um, and then I, I, towards the end of the day, I found one that I estimated was between five and eight um, on a bed. Uh, it was basically this, uh, I guess, I want to say it's alligator grass. Um, there'd be some space between the grass and the bank. And I would pull the Mirage Drive up and sort of paddle use the paddle to slide the kayak over and then right at the base of this dock i found that fish i thought about that fish all night um you know while we're sitting at the registration um i, I decided i was going to start on that fish um so i was i was excited but that day uh i actually had that fish bite i, I pitched in just um as i was finding fish i wanted to see how aggressive they were if they were catchable in the tournament or if, if i thought i could make them bite the next day uh, that big fish was the only one that actually picked up the bait, and uh, it was very hard for me not to set the hook on that fish. Uh, but I, yeah. you know, I shook it off, uh, so I, I felt like I could catch that fish, but I wasn't sure about any of the other fish that I'd found. Um, I didn't want to spend too much time on them and have other people see where the beds were. Uh, the water was dirty; it was tough to see them. Um, I didn't want to kind of tip my hand too much and have everybody that was, you know. There were a bunch of bass boats, like you were saying, back in all these uh, these pockets and a bunch of other kayakers. Um, so I didn't spend too much time working any fish. 
Um, so I, going into you know that night, I I really wasn't sure what would happen the next day if I if I would be able to to sort of camp on those fish uh, and get them to bite. Um, but it you know it ended up working out for me. That's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, that that going back to what you said about you know throwing out there, especially when they're bed fishing, because that's very different from pre-spawn activity or post-spawn activities where they're always going to be feeding. You know, mm -hmm. when they're spawning, they, mainly they're not feeding, they're defending their eggs. So it's kind of tricky to wear them out on practice and then expect to come back the next day and catch them again. Because um, you're not the only one who's probably found them. You're probably not the only one who's pitching at them. And it comes to a point, and that happened to me on tournament, not to put any excuses, where, but where two beds that I found the previous day, they weren't there the next day. Um, and I mentioned this on the live show of what I heard in the ramp after the tournament, one of the boat guys that was on a tournament got the female. Um, so that wasn't any wasn't there available by the time I went to that spot. And the other one had moved is have moved location from a nest to further back on, on the grass patches. So it's, okay. you know, it's one of those things where it's different. You know, it's, it's when you got a fish that you can tell because you can sightsee them and you know, it's big and you're like, you're hoping that it's there tomorrow, but to sacrifice that opportunity to set the hook and land that fish takes a lot of, uh, will you know <laughs> to yeah, you know, just decide you know what 12 incher but to watch a big fish when yeah you know, your instinct is just there it is and you know, set the hook and fight it it's 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 tough but uh yeah ironically the the next morning i i got there nobody else was on it and i i camped on that fish you know wait until the sun was up enough to where i could see Mm -hmm. um, and it, it actually wasn't there. Um, and I, I ended up talking to another kayak fisherman who said that he had hooked it accidentally. Um, uh, I guess later on uh, after I had left that spot, um, I guess that would have been Friday. So I'm not sure if that, uh, you know, if he caught it and it, it moved on or, uh, if maybe somebody else got into it, maybe one of the bass boats later, uh, later in the day after our off limits. Um, but yeah, that fish wasn't there. So my morning I was, I was very optimistic going into the day. And then when that fish was gone, I was, I was kind of, it, I didn't spin out, but I was, I was starting to get a little nervous because that was, that was the one that I had been able to trick that I, I knew I could get to bite. Um, I did catch a good buck off that bed, uh, but that, that big fish was, uh, it had moved on. Yeah. And then The fact that, you know, so many, especially in Lake Fork now, it's, it's you know, it's well, it hasn't been a secret, but it's really been blown up and put under immense pressure. You wonder what the future um, short-term and long-term for Lake Fork is going to be because at some point this is, it's going to have to go through a cycle where it's no longer the Lake Fork that, that we all know and loved just because especially on, you know, um, spawning season, those fish get, you know, think about it. If you're, you're, you're at work or you're home and you get hit on tungsten, half ounce tungsten weight on your head every day, 10 times a day, you're going to get, there's, there's a point where it, I think it's going to affect the lake and it is what it is. I mean, you can't be, can be a hypocrite, can say that I love doing that and then expect everybody else not to do it just for my own benefit. Yeah. But it's 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 definitely to see what what Lake Fort's going to be 
10 years from now. I mean, I know that's really further down, but it eventually, I'm assuming it will take a toll. And then, you know, then people stop going for, or at least that many people stop going and then it'll rebound and stuff like that. We've seen it on other lakes as well. But um, anyway, so let's go into your tournament day. We talked about that fish. How was tournament day for you? Where did you start it off? What was working? What wasn't working? Where did you move on to? And what was the reasoning behind the spots that you picked? Sure. Um, I started, like I said, I started on that big fish. Um, and while I was in that in that grass waiting, I had seen some other fish moving around in that area uh, on the inside of the grass. I was just skipping a little Senko around, kind of killing time. Hooked one uh, 14 inches. And uh, while I was trying to get my identifier and everything all set up, I took my hand off the fish and it flopped back in the lake. Um, it was only 14 inches, but at that point I had nothing. So I was, uh, you know, I was trying not to spin out with, with that too. Um, and then when, you know, when I, I had that one that you know, basically I wasn't able to count. And then the, the big fish that, you know, was gone. Um, I was really starting to worry. Um, but I, I switched, uh, I kind of went around the dock and to the other side. Um, and I was actually able to see the buck from there. Um, that was my first bite or first, first scoreable one anyway. It was uh, 18 and a half inches. Um, I felt a little bit better after catching that one. Um, and I just kind of cruised the, the rest of that pocket. Uh, just went basically doing the same thing I had been on the inside of that grass. Um, there were a number of, uh, of small bucks in there. Um, and at that point, I, I figured it better to just try and catch, you know, put some fish in the boat. So I spent some time, uh, ended up catching some 14 and 15 inch fish. Um, I actually, I didn't realize it uh, in practice, but uh, the cell reception for me was really bad in there. Yeah. I was not able to post uh, any of the fish. Uh, so I was putting them in the little uh, live wool feature. Um, so I, I ended up not posting or not. Uh, submitting uh, any of the smaller fish, but um, I, I guess I'll circle back to that. But I, I, you know, I pushed all the way back into the back of the cove, caught a couple of uh, of smaller fish, but I was still, um, you know, didn't have much of a bag at that point. Uh, as I was making my way back around the other side of that cove, um, I ran across an area um, where there was a a couple of big bass on a bed. Um, it was it was up shallow. It was the only bed that I found that wasn't in that grass. There were a couple of uh, I think they were hard, maybe cypress tree that they were they were near. Um, but I I pitched in and uh, missed a fish, and I, I I could tell it was big. Um, I didn't really get a hook in it on the first set. Um, I you know made a few more casts. I was really having to work a lot of the fish. Uh, I didn't have anything bite on the first drop. It was you really had to aggravate them. Um, but I eventually got that fish, maybe six or seven casts. The fish hit, and I I stuck it good. I had it on maybe ten seconds. It went under the boat. It went you know, the other side of the boat. About the time I I thought it would have tired, and I would have been able to get it in, it just popped off. Uh, initially, I thought the line broke, but it uh, just hook popped out. Um, and I I knew it was a big fish uh, just from how hard it was pulling. I I it never jumped. I didn't get a a, a look at it out of the water, but I could tell it was you know, 20 plus inches. I knew it was a big bass. Um, so I was, I was starting to spin out a little bit again. Um, uh, and I have, I don't know if you've seen these, the, uh, Gerald Swindle, or if, if you've heard him talk about the, yep. he's got like a little, uh, sort of motivational 
speech that he does talking yes. about uh, yeah, I've seen that. attitude. He's got the little bracelets. I was looking at my bracelet, you know, don't spin out, don't spin out. <laughs> I made uh, a couple more casts into the bed because I thought I could still see. Um, you know, I, I wasn't sure if I'd hook the buck or the female, but I, uh, another fish bit, I think it was the, whichever one I hadn't hooked, um, I got a hook in that one and it popped off right away too. Uh, so oh I was just in, in like meltdown mode. Um, I, I backed off a little bit uh, and just sort of sat and watched. And about that time, the, uh, the camera boat came by um, and they asked me how I was doing. I was like, I, I got a couple, but I've, I just lost a big one. Um, while I was talking to them, um, I saw the fish pull back up. And uh, I switched baits. I picked up sort of a little finesse bait, a little, uh, um, what's it called, a, a baby D-bomb that uh, Missile Baits makes and pitched that in there. And on second second cast, the, the same fish hit it a third time. Um, and I, I was able to land it. Uh, the, the camera guys got some pictures of it. So I went nice. from kind of being, you know, on the verge of, of freaking out to, uh, to, you know, really, really stoked. And that really turned my day around. Uh, from there, I, I had a lot of confidence, and um, the, the day the day got better. How big was that fish? That one, one was twenty one on the nose. I when it when it jumped, I would have sworn it was bigger. Um, it weighed, I think, five and a half. Ooh, uh, look at that! That's the one. For those watching on YouTube or Facebook, we we're posting the picture so you can see it on. Uh, that, that's yeah, that's a tank, and that that really. Um, I mean, that turned the day around to have uh, have that fish come back and eat. Um, I had a, another little cut. Um, there was somebody else that had started on it. It was just a, a tiny little, uh, little, I guess, pocket off sort of the main, uh, the main little cove that I was in. And it was chock full of that grass. Uh, somebody else had started on it, so I hadn't gone in there initially. Um, but he was fishing from outside of it. He was casting, I think, working the, the grass itself. At least that's what it, it looked like to me. He, he may have um, you know, been trying to sight fish too. Um, but at the point that I caught that, that fish, uh, he had moved on. He wasn't there. Um, so I decided to go back in that little pocket. I had seen several fish on beds uh, two days before. And I take it back. That would have been Friday. Um, and when I went back in there... Uh, yeah, there were a handful of fish up on beds. Uh, I think there were a couple 16, 15, 16 inches in there. So I, um, I upgraded. I think I got rid of all the, the 14 inch fish and, um, and I was, I was feeling good. The, the sun was coming up a little better. I could see a little bit better. And then on my way out of the pocket, uh, right on the point, there was one that looked like it was maybe 17, 18 inches a buck. Uh, and while I was working that buck, a big female came in. Um, I actually got that female to pick up a lizard. Uh, you know, it's really light bite. Uh, it wasn't on my sort of heavier setup. I think I was using a, a seven foot medium heavy with maybe fifteen pound line, uh, which which scared me around that grass. Yeah. Um, but she uh, she stayed on, and that was actually my biggest fish of the day. Um, and then I was I was uh, I was really feeling it at that point. Uh, that one was uh, twenty one and uh, twenty one and a quarter, I think. Yep. But it was. It was a freak looking fish, um, just a, a football. It weighed, uh, I want to say it was seven and a quarter, if I remember right, on the on my boga grip. But that one, um, 
when I when I caught that when I started thinking, okay, I've got I've got two big ones. I've got the eighteen. Um, I've got a chance to have a a really good bag here. Um, and I was uh, I I didn't have anything left at that point uh, back in that pocket. I had found some fish further in, uh, like going back further towards that uh, that bridge. Uh, so I, I decided to run back to those. I found a few more fish. I guess I started on the middle spot. There was there was some fish further away. There were some fish closer towards the ramp. I opted to go further. I think at that point it was around 12, maybe 1230. So I decided to go for the uh, the fish that were furthest away first and then work my way back. I got to that spot and there were, I think, five kayaks in this tiny little area. Um, I kind of waited for a minute. I was, you know, I, I didn't want to encroach on those guys, but I, I knew there were at least two. I knew where two beds were back in there. I knew one was a 17, which I think would have helped me a little bit. And the other one I thought was maybe in the 20 inch range. Um, and I, I talked to one of the guys uh, who was out near the mouth, but I asked if he'd mind if I you know, went in behind him, you know, I'd found a couple of bedfish. Um, and it was a real, you know, cordial interaction. It you know, wasn't nasty. Like you see some of the, some of the bass yeah. boat, uh, boat deals, but he, he basically said, Hey, I've been in here all day. You know, I've got a good bag. I got a, a good chance. Um, so I, I was, you know, I let him have them. Um, and it, it actually worked out in my favor. Um, I, I headed back towards those, those fish that I'd found closer to the ramp. Um, I had figured that some other people would have found those fish and they would have been caught already. But when I got there, uh, they weren't, um, I had maybe half an hour. Um, there was still a little bit more time, but because I couldn't upload any of my fish, just the reception was so bad. I knew I was going to have to potentially drive all the way to, uh, to the, uh, I guess the site where we had the registration, uh, the pre-tournament meeting, um, to, to guarantee, I knew that other side of the lake had better service. Um, so I was going to have to sacrifice some fishing time just to, to make sure yep. my fish counted. Um, so I, I ran to that pocket, um, and found two of the beds, um, with that still had fish on them. They actually ended up being bigger than I thought. Um, I would, was guessing they were going to be 15, 16. Um, both of them were 18 and a half. It, it did take five to 10 minutes, uh, at least for each fish. Um, but it was my last cast was probably 145. I caught that that uh, that last 18 and a half incher, and at that point, I I didn't have anything else found. Um, there were no other beds that I could run to where I felt like I could I could improve, um, and I felt like I I just needed to protect what I have, get get back to the rack as quick as I could, and and make sure I got got everything to count. Um, so that's what I did. I uh, and at that point, I was loving the the mirage drive. I, I popped that thing back in and, uh, you know, as, as hard as I could pedal, went back to the, to the ramp. And then, um, I think it was about the time I hit the bridge over the, I guess it's the, the West fork. Um, the, I, I started to get some bars and I was able to upload those, those fish. Um, but yeah, it was a, a very up and down day, but it ended up, it ended up working out. Um, it was kind of a, it, it could have been a disaster day for me if I'd if I'd spun out and gotten frustrated, uh, but it, you know, I kind of kept my head and, and stuff worked out. Easier said than done, by the way. So I've been there, <laughs> and thankfully, I've never gone to a place where I kind of rage quit or anything like that. I've always been able to maintain, you know, composure and just you know see it through. And for the most part, even if I don't win any money, I'll usually I usually at least get one fish. 
Um, and that's that's easier said than done, man. Because there is days that you just you know you just want to rage quit. You want to throw everything mm. <laughs> the bottom of the lake and just rage quit and just get it done because it's that kind of day. But I mean, you had everything going against you when you look at it. Now you, your fishing platform the day before the tournament is unusable. Off chance, you drive two hours from Lake Fort to get to Mariner Sales. They hook you up. Shout out to Mariner Sales, by the way. Yeah, they they save a plug in into this podcast Definitely. for doing what they did. You know, so and we'll thank him. I know you're going to thank him at the end, but shout out to them. And I know you went back to get some readjustments on it, and were kind enough to help you out. So mm-hmm. I mean, big shout out to Mariner Sales and whoever you know was helping you there because that that that's pretty awesome that saved you that got you from losing 200 and some 30 what is it 250 dollars on a tournament that you, yeah yeah 250 you weren't able to fish to actually making how much was you winning eight eight thousand something like that or i was i want to say it was four range um I'd second place that, i thought it was more okay my bad i could be wrong but i thought it was i thought it was four and change um could be I thought it'd be more, but anyways, regardless, you know, turns it around completely for you. Oh yeah. Um, going from, like I said, you know, losing 250 to actually making thousands of dollars on a tournament. So great stuff, man. That, and, and kudos to you for hanging in there. Cause at that point, you, I mean, you probably just, you know, after the, all you've gone through and pre-fishing, pre-fishing went not, did not go as good as if, could have been, you know, it was disappointment pre-fishing for what I, for my, you're telling me your boat is no longer usable. You have to drive, get another one. You're probably tired emotionally and physically. Now you get on the water, you have all these fish that are no longer there when we're pre, um, pre-fishing and other ones that miss hook set or spitted the hook, whatever it was, whether it was your fault or not. It's still frustrating for you to hang in there and manage second place. That's pretty amazing. I wanted to touch on something that you said. And and um, I mean, if I'm going to nitpick, and again, this is a podcast, so I have to be objective and give my opinion. Now, I love what they did. I love what um, uh, Patrick Malone, I always get his first name confused, but Malone, I think it was a uh, tournament director, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And, um, and Dwayne Valley also with Tourney X. Great job. Amazing job. Super happy. The only thing that I would have rather have, especially now that daylight saving time, is I would have liked at least 60 minutes to um, post pictures after lines out. Because it was a race. Like, I was like, do I keep fishing or do I just, like, you know, get get to the boat ramp, try to find signals. So on my way back to boat ramp, I figured I know the lake pretty well, so I know in the middle of the lake there is signal. So Instead of going to the boat ramp, I decided to go to the main lake. But, I mean, it's it's that hard decision when you fish in a spot that might be hot. And it's you're like what like happened to you and uh, Guillermo Gonzalez. I know same t-shirt, so I saw him on the ramp. He just dragged his running up the ramp, dragged his kayak. I think he broke the keel on it um, and just got on his car. He told me, what's my kayak? He just got on his car and drive to get signal and come back. Because you only have 30 minutes. So if you're in a spot that's like, I don't know, especially if you don't have a motor like you didn't and 
and um, Nate Gloria did it. You have to make that tough decision. Do I go start heading back to the ramp, you know, 30 minutes prior to make sure I get on time to find signals? So with daylight saving time, I would have liked it to be a little bit more time to upload those pictures. And again, I'm nitpicking, not criticizing. I understand the, the job that both Malone and Dwayne did are ama- was amazing, and I have no complaints. But that's the only thing that I would like. I also understand their situation. It's 196 anglers, and I think yeah. 600 and some pictures. And that's only the fish that counted. So if you count people that uploaded multiple pictures because their first fish was 12, 14 inches, and then they upgraded. I mean, easily talking about 700 Maybe That's I don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't know if the when it says fish caught, it only measure it only takes account the fish that are um is it all the fish that were uploaded, only the five fish for each one. So regardless, it's a it's uh it's a tall task to ask for them to, you know, go through that many pictures. But I think it would have um had a better score in the tournament. Not maybe not necessarily for you because that would have maybe bumped you out because it really only took anybody in the top 10 that caught one more 18 incher which is more than doable on lake fork like it's mm-hmm. not it's not like other lakes that you're like yeah catching an 18 incher is you know a hail mary or you know a needle in a haystack not lake fork you mean you caught a big one in lake fork it's pretty you can easy i'm not gonna say easily but the chances of you catching an 18-incher to bump you from maybe 10th to first place, that was that reality was very likely. I'm surprised the score wasn't in the triple, the top score wasn't in the triple digits. Yeah, so, me too, actually. Yeah. So for you, when you when you saw did you saw Nate Gloria who lead, who led most of the tournament? Did you saw his fish count before it, they took it out? Would you, did you knew he was already at 98 inches? I didn't. I was blind to uh, to what anybody had. In my head, okay. I knew last year, uh, I think it was Cody Milton, had over 100. Yeah, um, I think I want to say there were two people that were over 100 inches. And so in my head, I was thinking, that's what it's going to take to win this thing. Yeah. So I was I was pretty sure already there was I didn't have enough to win it. Um, but, you know, I, I had no idea kind of I figured it would – I was trying to do the math in my head, um, and I figured I was 95, 96, somewhere in there. Um, and, and I figured that that was going to be a good finish, but I wasn't sure you know, how good it was. Um, and I, What I was your hope? Guys, what was your I was, hope? Uh, I was hoping uh, to get you... a check at that point. I was hope, hoping yeah. to get a check. I was hoping uh, – I mean, I, I would have – I liked those trophies. I was, I was really hoping I was going to get one of those trophies. That, that, you know, I was eyeballing those uh, the night before. Um, but you know, a, a top 10 I'd have been happy with. Um, and then I talked to a couple of guys, uh, that were basically, you know, at the ramp, you know, loading everything up the same time that I was, they'd, they'd gone in a little early. Um, they'd been able to get reception and they told me somebody had uh 98 or, or about that. So at yeah. that point I, you know, I knew it was, it was, it was not likely I was going to win you know, if, if that information was accurate. Um, but I, I still felt like it was a it was a good bag, um, you know. Based on how the day could have gone, I was I was pretty proud of it. So um, yeah, definitely I, I was hard. Just, smart. I was driving uh, probably faster than I should down some of those back roads to uh, <laughs> to make sure I got to that got to reception area and got those things uh, got those things counted. Uh, I was I was camping uh, tent camping in uh, Hideaway Harbor, 
I think mm-hmm. it was 13, 14 minutes maybe uh, from there to get to the actual, um, uh, what is it, Lake, Lake Fork Marina uh, and Motel. Mm-hmm. I knew I'd be able to get reception there. Um, and then I also knew that I, I could you know, track down the tournament director. Uh, worst case scenario, if I, if I wasn't able to get him uploaded, as long as I, I think we had to get to him by 2.40, you said, or 2.45. Yeah, 2.45. So I was uh, 30 minutes after it lines out. Yeah. I, I got there with a couple minutes to spare. Um, but it was, I was, I was really glad, um, in hindsight that I, I left when I did, um, that would have been really hard to, if I had, you know, stuck around another 15, 20 minutes, uh, trying to find another fish and then pedal back in and end up showing up at, you know, three o'clock and can't count any of my fish and then realize where I would have done. Um, I'm, I'm really glad I made that decision to, to make that run when I did. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, it, it's it's hard because at that point you're thinking, man, an 18 incher is it's either it's gonna make it or break it for me. You know, it's gonna bump me down two or three spots um, if I don't catch it, or if somebody else catches it, or if, hmm. or if you don't catch it, or if you catch it, it can, can bump you up to first place. So it's you know that's it's one of the the game within the game, you know kind of thing kind of i know that sounds kind of cliche but it really is you know it factors in into your tournament angle it's not only uh catching five fish or catch you know it's all those other little nuances of you know being able to to follow uh the rules and play it in a way that you give yourself as much time in the water but it's all the uh, you know as much time as you need to to upload those fish and not get not be caught hung uh high and dry you know so yeah. kudos to you man again that's that's a hard part to win and, and it, it has to feel amazing to accomplish that were you surprised that you ended up in second place as far as you know not surprised that you didn't win first place but surprised that you got as high up as second place once you knew what your score was you know after you were done fishing yeah, i was i still hadn't seen um I still hadn't seen any of the scores. I actually called uh, called my mom. Um, I knew she was going to be checking throughout the day, and I wanted to let her know that I, I hadn't zeroed because at that point I hadn't uploaded anything. So I was like, "Hey, I actually had a pretty good day," um, but you know, I, I was asking if she remembered what uh, what any of the weights were, the top weights, and she, you know, she knew people had in the nineties, but um, I really didn't know where where I was going to fall. I wasn't sure if I was going to get that, that text and kind of the invite to the award ceremony. And then even when I got it, um, I didn't know if I was going to be, you know, second or third. I was, and I was 99% sure I hadn't won. Um, but you know, I, I was at that point, I would, I would have been happy with third. Um, you know, and, and in my head, I'm thinking, well, maybe they invited, you know, the top five or the top 10, who, who knows? I know they said it was going to be top three, but I, um, I really didn't know. And then when he read off, um, you know, read off the third place weight, I was, and it was 96. I was, I was, uh, I was ecstatic. I mean, it, on the one hand, I could look at it and say, Hey, if it had been a quarter inch, you know, if I, if I'd had a half inch more, um, I know Nate had a 22 inch or so he'd have won if we had, if we yeah. had tied, but, uh, you know, I could look at it and say, if I'd have had a half inch more, I, you know, it'd have been a bigger trophy and that would have been great. But, um, I, I don't think I could have, could have uh, asked for any better than second in that one. I mean, I was, I was thrilled, um, to, to have it turn out the way it did. How did it feel for you going? I know you just mentioned you were thrilled, but when you put it now in perspective, you know, your second 
kind of like elite or tournament or national tournament, you should say, went horrible at the first one. Kind of, you know, kind of what your own words, either went, or at least didn't mm-hmm. went good on the first one. This is the second one. It's, you know, it's not the tournament of champions. It's not the, the um, what do you call it? Then I forgot the term for the KBF. I know TOC is Hobie, um, national championships, KBF, and mm-hmm. the Bassmaster Classic. It's not any of the top three, but it's still a Bass Nation kayak series event. And it is at legendary Lake Fork. When you put that in perspective, everything of what happened in the past, what happened during the tournament, pre-fishing, your previous national tournament, and you're sitting there now taking a picture with your second place. How did it feel? Oh, I was ecstatic. Uh, I mean, I was I was uh, tearing up as I'm driving back away from the really from, uh, the ceremony back to the I uh, don't blame you, man. Back to the camp. <laughs> I was like, I mean, just the the roller coaster of that day and uh, kind of the way the week had gone. Uh, it was uh, it was awesome. And it, you know, it, it gave me a lot of confidence. The, the, the KBF tournament was kind of a, you know, wake up call. Um, and I started looking at some more regional tournaments. I was like, Hey, maybe I need to, you know, uh, there's, there's some, some really good local tournaments, um, kind of up, up in the, you know, Maryland, Pennsylvania, Virginia. Um, and I started looking at, at those and thinking, okay, maybe I need to, to fish some of those this year. Um, you know, maybe maybe not not worry so much about these these national ones. Maybe maybe uh, you know take a step back a little bit. And the, you know, doing well in this one gave me confidence to uh, you know that that I can compete kind of at that that high level. Um, so I, I I still plan to fish some of those local tournaments too. Um, but I'm I'm stoked about some of the upcoming ones. Um, I really like fishing shallow grass. Um, the KBF trail is coming to the Potomac River in May, so that's um, that's going to be. You know, that's basically what I consider my home water. So I'm, I'm really excited about that one. Um, and I'm, I'm planning to go on at least a couple of them. Um, I think there's a couple of, uh, I want to say Hobie tournaments. Um, what is it? There's one on the Susquehanna. I think there's one mm-hmm. on the Mississippi. Um, excited about those. Um, I'm just trying to look at the schedule and kind of figure out which ones I'm going to make, but it, it's kind of given me the confidence to, uh, to, to, you know, travel and, and fish a couple more of these high level events and, and kind of see, uh, see how the cards fall yeah you're big time now (laughs) (laughs) we'll see i I gotta back it up when you look at you know top anglers christine fisher by the way if anybody has seen christine fisher's latest post or video on youtube of her skipping at lake fork by god that is go check it out that that was amazing i was mesmerized watching her youtube video just before the recording of her just skipping on a light setup and grabbing you know hooking into big spawning bass that was pretty shout out to her i mean the the Mm. skills that woman has um for skipping legendary that is legendary skills right there and it's one of the main reasons why she's top angler in one of the top anglers in the nation. So when you look at Christine Fisher, um, Russ Snyder, Jody Quinn, and don't feel the need to be humble at all. Your honest opinion, where do you see yourself? Because I know you're not known nationally. This is only your second national event, but you have fished for, like you said, uh, for most of your adult life, all your adult life since you were 12. You have fished on a small craft for 
decade or more than a decade now, if I if I understood that correctly, you know how good of a fisherman you are, even if we don't know, if we're just getting to find out. How do you stack yourself? How do you feel you rank yourself as, compared to those people that are, you know, considered some of the top anglers in the world? Um, you know, this week I, I, I did well. Uh, I'm really happy with the finish, but I, I don't think I'm at that level yet. Um, I, I've got a couple good finishes, uh, but if, if you look at their track record, the number of, of tournaments that they've fished and how consistent they are, um, it, it's amazing the the number of wins, top fives, top tens that they have. I've got a lot of respect for uh, for everybody that you mentioned, and there's uh, there's a, a lot of guys out there that have demonstrated that it's uh, it's not a fluke. Um, so for for me to consider myself kind of in in that crowd, I've I've got to do a little more. I've got to uh, I got to fish a few more of these and um, and put up good finishes. This um, this one just really set up great for me it's it's a uh, sight fishing something i love to do um it's kind of a, a bucket list lake lake forks one of the ones i've read about for years and i've i've wanted to fish um it, it was a great week for me but um i i know i've still got uh there for example i'm i've electronics is, is one of my big weaknesses fishing offshore um i love getting dirt shallow and fishing uh, you know fishing hardcover fishing grass uh, I know I got some work to do to uh, to be able to compete with some of these guys on uh, on offshore tournaments or, or where your your electronics are going to be a factor. Um, I hope to get to their level, but um, uh, I'd be kind of silly to say that I'm I'm at that level yet. So we'll we'll see um, we'll see how I, I do with some of these next ones. Well, we wish you the best, man. Really do, and uh, hope Thank to you. see to see you up there in the podium uh, on. on the next few tournaments and, you know, whatever you, you aspire, you know, to compete in any of the tournaments. I wanted to give, mention something because both you and this, excuse me, both you and Nate, and I'm not sure I didn't ask, um, I forgot his name, um, Lance, I think, uh, from the, got up in third place. Mm -hmm. Um, let me look up the name real quick. Cause I feel bad. not, pronouncing the name Lance yeah Burris, Lance Burris yeah Lance Burris so I'm not sure what Lance Burris was fishing out of fact let me see if I can see it right here on on his um yeah I can't really tell I think he was on a bona fide probably was a motor but uh, a motor on his kayak but anyways the point that I wanted to make both the top two you and Nate fish out of an outback no motor and I, I like that because one of the things that for me is intimidating, I don't, I'm not against motor tournaments. I do like that Hobie is, the, there. there is at least one elite event that is just manpower. And I think it should stay that way, at least one. Um, because not everybody can afford a motor on it. And some people just like myself, I'm, I'm a little biased in the sense that I think once you take the manpower out of it and you put a motor in it, it's no longer kayak. That's my personal belief. I'm not hating on people that, or tournaments that allow kayak. I fished the fork and I had no problem fishing against people that have motors. But for those out there that think that they can't compete because they don't have a motor, put that an excuse. Top two anglers, both outback, no motor. Um, and really not a lot of use electronics because at that point you really, you're sight fishing. Um, even, um, Nate Gloria said he has a life scope, but it came, you know, it was useless when he came to sight fishing and looking for beds. So don't think for you, for those out there listening that you need to have 
you know, uh, live, whatever it is, the Garmin live scope or whatever the names are for Lawrence and, and, and Hummingbird, don't feel the need that you need to, don't feel like you need to have that on your arsenal. Don't feel that you need to have a torpedo or a spot lock, a spot lock um, trolling motor. Because evidence of that, we've seen it with both of you out there. So I think that uh, deserves to be mentioned. You know, the fact that this is, you both were manpower and you both got it done. So that's a shout out to you guys. It's a good point. And it feels good. But but, I mean, I I think that's one of the beautiful things about, you know, kayak fishing is you can make it as as simple or as complex as you want. Um, You don't need a whole lot to kind of get started and get out there uh, and have fun doing it. And, and um, I really do think it's for getting into shallow backwater places and uh, there's nothing better. Yeah, definitely. And then, of course, there's going to be tournaments out there that you, you know, whether it's getting to cold, really cold water or really warm water, then yes, a live scope and being offshore and having a spot like does really help. Um, and we saw that on Broken Bow. Um, well, actually, Broken Bow was uh, no motors, but, uh, but the live scope came into play for a lot of those anglers that were offshore. I think somebody would, um, was fishing like 80 feet of water on suspended bass on treetops at 40 feet of wow. water. <laughs> so, yeah, I could see how that technology would come in place there. But again, don't feel the need that you need to have all the bells and whistles to compete. If you can afford it and you want to do it, by all means, do it. Heck, I would do it. But yeah, shout out to you guys for putting in the work and uh, getting those results, man. I'm really proud of what you guys did, especially you considering all the factors that were involved that were you know, against you, um, well-earned wind. I would be emotional myself after going through that roller coaster of, you know, random things popping up and going from like losing $250 to actually making some good amount of cash, uh, making a few thousand there and, you know, and being at the podium, so to speak, um, it it has to be emotional. And And I think part of it, you know, I've, is bass is a an amazing organization I've, yes i really learned you know how to bass fish from them reading the magazine and every article and you know the little books that that they put out um to have a trophy that that you know says bass master on it is uh is awesome yeah kudos man so justin before i let you go i know you had you here for an hour and you're still on vacation in here in texas glad to mm-hmm. have you here in texas so i I don't want to take too much time out of your vacation, but before we let you go, I know there's some people you want to thank, mainly Mariner Sales and maybe fam, friends, family, or any company that helps you in your fishing. So go ahead and uh, thank away. Yeah, no sponsors at this point, but I, I definitely do want to thank Mariner Sales. Um, I would not have had, uh, you know, had the result I did without their help. Uh, so especially Duke for uh, for talking me into that uh, that outback. Uh, want to thank my family for supporting me. Um, it was it was really great getting all the text messages from them uh, when they saw the results post, um, and then I'll throw out uh, my uh, I guess my my old employer Intercon Security Systems. Uh, I they they kept me employed for uh, for fourteen years, uh, and you know that that job allowed me to uh, purchase an awful lot of fishing gear, uh, some nice equipment. Uh, so I appreciate uh, I appreciate the the partnership that we had for for a long time. Awesome. Where can people follow you on social media? I know we mentioned you have uh, an Instagram page that's dedicated to photography when you're out on the water. 
where can they follow you? Yep. It's uh, wandering the desert, no spaces uh, at Instagram. Um, check it out. I'm going to, I'll post some information on there. I'm going to be uh, launching a, a website soon where folks can, can purchase some of the photos if, if they like. Um, and then I'll, I'll hopefully uh, be putting out some more, uh, I'll, I'll be getting a little more active on social media. Maybe you guys can find me a little easier next time. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's hard to find you on social media. Never met an angler didn't like to brag about what they, they caught, especially after winning a tournament. <laughs> but we got we got you on. Thank you to Dwayne uh, Wally for getting you his uh, contact information. He texted Jimmy during the live show, and after we were done, we immediately text you. I'm like, he's probably in Virginia. It's probably too late to text him, but I'm going to text him anyway, so we want to make sure you know, we get you on the show. And I'm glad I did. It's a super interesting story, um, a unique story. You know, and having not nothing against you know the Russ Snyder's and the Kristen Fishers of the world. We love whether we cheer for them. It's nice to see that legacy being built for anglers like that. But we also like it with other people, uh, especially with all due respect, right? No name anglers in the sense that not known nationally get to catch a check and you know be there at the podium. That's always exciting, and I think it pumps other people up up that are kind of in defense if they want to get on a tournament or not saying hey man you can do it just trusting your ability trusting your skills you know stick to your game and what you know and just go out there and practice and sign up for one of those events worst case scenario you get to meet a lot of great people like i did over the weekend and get a lot of information from some of those professional kayak anglers that are most of them willing to share some of their secrets not all of them but willing to give you tips and, you know, help you uh, on your game. So if you're on the fence about joining a national tournament, if you have one coming close to you, go ahead, do it, you know, and, and you know, put yourself uh, in expectations that you can win, you know, and uh, just have fun, you know, meet people, get to know people around the same circle that like and have a passion for what you do and go out there and enjoy. So anyways, Justin, thank you again for joining us. It was an honor to have you on. We hope to see you soon in other, whether it's local or national trails or elite series, you know, and have you on the show again, you know, talking about another big victory. Hopefully. Thank you for having me, Armando. It's been fun. No problem. My, my pleasure. And for those out there listening, if you made it this far, thank you for listening to the Bass Kayak and Beer segment sponsored by Douglas Rods. Go to douglasoutdoors.com to check out their full lineup and find your nearest authorized dealer. Also, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook under Bass Kayak and Beers. Thank you again, everybody. Stay safe. Wear your PFDs. Have a great day. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle in Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle in Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button, and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com.